Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Be Bullish podcast. I'm Alex Ely, CIO of the U.S. Growth Equity Group here at Macquarie. I have a special guest with me today, Denise St. Ivney. She is our Western Division Sales Manager. Um, what's great about having Denise on is she knows a lot about what people are hearing and thinking out there. So I thought it'd be good to, to talk about how people are feeling about the markets and where we, where we are going. Uh, welcome ab- aboard, Denise. Thanks for coming on. Wow, glad to be here. Always good to chat with you, Alex. So, Denise, I, I know that you're in touch with lots of people that um, are oriented towards the equity markets. Um, what are some of the, the things that you're hearing? What are the, some of the things that people are most worried about? Sure. Well, so my role is to um, spend time with our salespeople that are out covering financial advisors. And I spend a lot of time at conferences or events with financial advisors. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, I was with a a group of about 50 financial advisors. And so, as you can imagine, there were a lot of conversations. And, you know, a lot of the conversation stems from what they're hearing from their clients. What are clients calling and asking about and what are they saying? You know, so it's certainly a difficult time. Uh, I think that the advisors are spending a good bit of time with their clients, reminding them about why they're investing in the first place, uh, to not look at the day-to-day fluctuations of the market, but to stay focused on the long-term. So I think one of the great things for, um, we'd love to hear from you, Alex, is again, about that long-term perspective. You know, has all this difficulty currently in the markets, inflation, interest rates, um, you know, so the headwinds, how much are they affecting your long-term view? Because I've always loved hearing your long-term review. I think that that's been one of the things that financial advisors uh, gravitate towards you, know, you is because you've got a great focus on what is happening with these companies and why invest in them for the long-term. Sure. Um, th- that's exactly what we do, by the way. Um, we do invest for the long-term. Issues this year have been really macro-related. Worries about inflation, how far rates will take us up, whether we'll have a recession, um, you know, we've seen bear markets and some corrections that have happened really across uh, every major indice. So, so there's a lot of angst about these things. That said, we remain constructive. We remain optimistic. And the reason that we do is most of the time through history, um, these issues have not been too long lasting, except if you were to go all the way back to the 70s. That was the real, the last real inflation environment or sustained inflation environment that we we've gone through today as we look at inflation um, we already see the feds uh pullback of monetary accommodation already increasing rates significantly um whether it be the the t-bond moving up to three percent whether it be mortgages increasing from three to five percent this year and those things have a real effect on the economy in general so um, while, while we have inflation today, we think inflation will slow uh, as we go throughout the year, and we think that that'll be a better market for equities. As I look back on my career over the last 30 years, um, really the, the worst time would, would be the 0809 period. And that period was unique. Um, and it was unique because our banks were overlevered and because, and there was, in essence, consumers were overlevered as well. That is not the case this time. Uh, banks were continuously stress tested um, and regulated post 08. They therefore were less likely to lend during the 2010s. And therefore, consumers don't have as much um, in terms of, of debt on a percentage basis 
because they they weren't lent the money. Um, and that's part of the reason that we just saw this explosion of of housing prices and so forth. That that finally people were able to access the debt markets again in earnest, and that's what helped to drive the economy that we're we're in today. Um, so with banks not extended and consumers not extended, that means that we are structurally sound. And so while there's a lot of macro worries that are out there that we still have to work through, we think it's going to be okay for the economy. And, and that said, there, there's just some huge trends that are moving through many different industries within the economy that, that we continue to, that we've owned for really for decades, and we continue to own and, and we're continue to be optimistic about them. So I know it's a very difficult time. I know that um, people look and hear a lot of people talk about a recession or a horrible bear market or something like that. But being structurally sound and believing that um, the, that inflation figures will wane as the year goes by um, keeps us in the markets and it keeps us optimistic about where things are, are headed. So it sounds like you have not changed your thinking on the long-term trends. You still have generally your same beliefs in these um, really changing environments that have benefited so many companies in the growth space. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at it, um, during other times of market expansion, in the 50s and 60s, uh, the S&P was up over 500%. In the 80s and 90s, the S&P was up uh, over 1,400% during that period of time. Today, um, we're less than 200% above where the S&P was um, over 22 years ago. So from an historical sense, um, we think that there, there still is the possibility for, for further gains and a continuance of this bull market because the trends are strong and because um, the, the economy is structurally sound. I think what's behind a lot of this is the pandemic. Um, the economy's never gone through a pandemic. And when you shut down entire industries and then restart them, the restarting is clunky. It's hard to rehire people. It's hard to get things going again. You have supply chain problems. You have labor, labor problems. And, and yet you still have demand and people are willing to pay up for certain things. And so you get a lot of inflation from that. Uh, I think at the end of the day, as, as we look at the, the, many of the major inputs to inflation, we see a, a lot of reasons for them to moderate. As an example, um, when we talk about labor, just, this, just last week, Amazon said they, they had too many people hired. And what that means is eventually they may do layoffs in order to right size the amount of people that they have. And that'll be something that'll help. Um, I, I mentioned mortgages before. The average house uh, that's out there has an increase in price right now of about 15% of where it was a year ago. On top of that, though, with mortgage rates going up from 3 to 5%, that mortgage payment could be 30% higher than what it was uh, for, for a house uh, a year ago. So um, that's going to be prohibitive in terms of people making purchases. So we see things plateauing there. And then finally, in things like cars, uh, General Motors has started set, mentioned that the supply chain issues, particularly on chips, was improving. If they are able to, to in essence, uh, make enough cars again, we'll see prices come down there too. Um, those kinds of price increases that we saw there, such as the 40% increase in the price of used cars should moderate. And all of those things will lead, we hope, to lower inflation as we get to year end. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned the pandemic, obviously, the pandemic changed behaviors, lots and lots of behaviors. So yep. now it's a point where you got to figure out what's sticking, 
what's a behavior that's changed that's gonna um you know that, that's changed forever or do, do yeah. things revert back so i know you had um some areas of investing that you were excited about even before the pandemic then the pandemic reinforced them and now you've got to sort through coming out of the pandemic what's still the most exciting areas can you comment on a couple of ones you're still most excited about Yes. Um, you know, while we talk about housing moderating, th there's certainly lots of things within housing that will continue to grow. Um, we are underbuilt as a country when it comes to houses. And it's because post-08, uh, while the population continued to grow, um, we didn't build as many houses. Uh, many of the custom builders and many of the home builders went out of business in 08 and 09. And so therefore, you weren't seeing that kind of growth. Um, we see housing continuing to be strong over the long run. We see secular migration of, the, of society to those areas of the country that are cheaper. In essence, we're seeing 100,000 plus people leave every year from areas like New York and Chicago and LA, and they're moving to places with lower taxes, uh, cheaper land, uh, the areas like Nashville, uh, Austin, Charlotte, Charleston, Tampa, Jacksonville, Houston, Denver, uh, you name it. Um, and, and so we should see strength in housing in those areas. And the reason that, that this is happening so much in earnest right now is because of the internet. The internet is changing the American landscape the same way that air conditioning and elevators uh, changed the landscape 100 years ago, where you're not going to build a building in Houston or Miami if you don't have air conditioning. It's not going to work. So today, similar similar type of changes that are afoot. And not only does that mean people ch change where they live, it also means that we continue to see hybrid working. And there will be uh, software as a service companies that benefit from that as well, enabling the remote worker, enabling people to, to uh, do different things in different areas. So we see that as a, as a great area to be. Um, and then uh, I, finally, I should mention, um, when it comes to treatments uh, uh, within our healthcare system, uh, that area is improving in capabilities as well. We're finally treating everyone individually. That has a huge impact in terms of improvement of cure and treatment rates on really all of our major diseases. So we're excited for healthcare in general because not only is it counter-cyclical and mostly domestic, but we're in a world that as the pandemic fizzle, fizzles out, um, the healthcare system normalizes and procedure growth should be strong. So um, while there's lots of macro issues and, and headlines and so forth underneath, we continue to see uh, good fundamental strength from a variety of different areas. Cool. Well, the uh, elevator and the air conditioning is just, yeah, just clarifies, like you said, how yep. transformational things can be. And that's why it's long-term. Yeah, yeah. That's why when we talk about long-term, this doesn't happen overnight. We don't all just suddenly leave the cities and move to different areas of the country. It takes time. But if you're creating a better, cheaper, faster way of doing things, we find that over the long run, people keep migrating that way um, because of the efficiencies that are there and because of the productivity gains that can be had. And that's just the creative destruction process that works in every major economy, but works particularly well in the US because we have such an innovative spirit. So. Um, you know, we've seen these trends work out for, as I've mentioned before, for decades. Yes, there's a lot of headwinds, particularly for growth and smaller cap growth names uh, with the macro worries that we have today. Um, but we don't change. We stick to our style um, and, and we, we focus on the long run and focus on those companies that are driving through those efficiencies and productivity gains 
um, because we we believe that over time, that's how wealth gets created. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, long-term growth story is still something that I think for anybody that's a growth investor has just got to be, um, you know, part of a portfolio uh, just to keep up and and uh, surpass your purchasing power and keep up with you know uh, with inflation. Um, yeah. Interesting. I saw a um, old interview uh, where where Jeff Bezos was talking about when he first kicked off Amazon. And he said that he needed a million dollars to kick things off. And so he was looking for investors to help him raise that million dollars. So he's asking people to put in 50,000. So he said he asked 60 people, got 22 of them to say yes. So he had his million dollars. But he said, you know, of all the people that he talked to, all 60 people, he said generally the first question they asked was, what's the internet? Yeah, right. Just, there you go. That was just 27 years ago, you know, when he, yep. was, when he was doing that. So that transformational growth uh, is still going to happen. That, like you said, the, the spirit of this country. Um, oh, sure. Innovation is going to continue. So that's what we have to stay focused, especially in tough times like we're in right now. Yep. You're, you're absolutely right. It's about long-term value creation. And when as an example, when you went through uh, the crash in 87, many major companies like Coca-Cola and Home Depot and Microsoft were, were down 50% during those periods of time. But the reason you wanted to continue to hold them is that they were, they were leaders of major disruptions during that period of time. Microsoft, of course, for PC penetration and eventually cloud computing. Home Depot, of course, for for big box stores and the advantages that economies of scale gives you when you're when you're selling things in bulk and the, the savings again the efficiencies that you're providing uh, to your clients that you're able to able to pass down so yes those companies got hit significantly and they they also didn't do well in 91 and 92 when when more cyclical companies did better out of uh, coming out of the recession that we had then but over the long run, the leaders of the major disruptions uh, did particularly well. Today, you're absolutely correct. Uh, there continue to be um, major industries that are built on, on new technological advances. I mentioned one, the individualization of medicine. We only mapped the first genome back in 2003. Back then, it took tens of millions of dollars to map one genome. And today, you can do it for less than $1,000. And there's all kinds of applications that are there. You mentioned the internet. Um, social networking didn't even start until 20 year, years ago. Now it's a multi-trillion dollar business worldwide. Multi-trillion dollars that have been created, value that's been created out of nothing. So you're absolutely right. If, if there are uh, new trends that are out there that, that are long lasting, uh, investors can, can definitely benefit from them. They just have to be able to ride out volatility that's out there. And I, I don't mean to um, try and say that the, the volatility isn't, isn't great. Uh, you know, investors are getting hurt against in pretty much every asset class this year and are getting inflation on top of that. So I, I understand the angst that's there, um, but you're correct. Long-term investment um, ha has been uh, what's worked within the equity worlds for for my whole career, and, and I'm sure it will uh, going forward, as long as we have a, uh, a constructive economy and, and a supportive uh, government and so forth. Good, good. Well, it's nice that uh, I think for people to, to hear your enthusiasm about the long term, 
Um, it's also nice to hear you articulate, you know, that you have the same concerns that they do about these macro issues, but that you're paying attention to it. Is there anything else from a macro basis that you want to touch on, you know, that you spend your time thinking about how it affects the portfolio and, uh, and what to do about it? The, the, the biggest concern today is inflation, uh, but then the other side would be uh, war in Ukraine uh, as well. Um, that's added to angst. That's added to inflation concerns. There are certain, um, certain commodities, things like potash and palm oil, and really all kinds of different fossil fuels that come from Russia, come from Ukraine. And when you have a war, of course, uh, commodities aren't being delivered uh, to the extent that they can be. Um, so that's another issue that's, that's facing, uh, facing investors today as well. It, will it be long-lasting? Long will the war spread? Will there be um, you know, further uh, sanctions and further issues? There's a lot of concern there as to, to what will happen. We're hopeful that it's an isolated incident. Of course, we care most about the humanitarian crisis that goes on, but from an investment point of view, we're hopeful that the issue can become isolated over time. And then of course, that we, we have some sort of peace agreement in place, hopefully by year end. And once we do, you'll see those commodity prices come off uh, in, in, or we believe that they'll come off uh, as, as there's less concern about war. And that would be positive for the inflation outlook as well. So um, a lot of things that we're hoping for there, but, but in general, um, that, that's the other major macro issue other than inflation is, is really uh, Russia and what, what happens there. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think for um, the people that are already investing in your portfolio, I hope this conversation is helpful for them to keep focused on the long term. Um, but for those who aren't investing in the portfolio, is this an opportunity to get in at these price points? Well, you know, if throughout my lifetime, the market is, has made new highs. Um, sometimes it's taken a, a decade or more to make a new high, um, but, but it, it, it has continued to happen. Um, buying, buying equities um, when people are fearful, um, as opposed to when they're, they're hitting all-time highs, uh, can be a good strategy. It can be good to, to buy when names are, are down a lot. Um, as I mentioned, uh, this is a, a terrible market, but in our minds, it's not as bad as as 08 and 09. So um, we've come down a fair bit here. And, and certainly uh, to us as, as bullish investors, uh, we do get excited as, as names come in. We do think that there's opportunities that are out there. And, and really, um, you know, over the long run, you have to take risk in order to make money. Um, you, you can't, uh, you can stay in cash and, and be that way. But um, we do think that, uh, that there's terrific opportunities out there um, as long as you're willing to ride out the volatility uh, that occurs within the equity markets. Yeah. And let's face it, if you stay in cash, you have a different risk. The risk is that you're not going to maintain your purchasing power with the money yeah. that you have. You know? So there, there's risk right. at every turn. It's been particularly tough this year because we, we're also seeing uh, the muni bond markets are down. Of course, treasuries are down. Uh, many major bond markets are down. Uh, international equities are down. And so even in a diversified portfolio, you're not seeing strength in, in one particular area or another. So it's 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 been a very difficult year investment wise, but um, we try to stay true to our style and, and focused on the long run um, because that's that's what we we have to do as as investors. 
And that's what we count on you for. So right. We're, we're also glad to hear you say that. <laughs> right. And I and I understand um, your plight out there at Well, Denise, and working with FAs that are working with their clients to keep them calm going through these periods and, and to focus on the fact that there, there's a plan and that you're you're looking um, you know, towards the long run and not to get scared out of markets on, on a short-term basis. And and you never know. I, I'm not sure what you know where the next 10% of the market goes, but um, over the long run, we we still stay bullish because of the opportunities that we see. Yeah, yeah, good. Well, I appreciate the conversation today. Just again to um, to keep us focused on the long term and to stay invested in difficult markets uh, if it makes sense for for the personal portfolios. So I appreciate you having this uh, having the conversation. Great, Denise. Thank you so much for being on, and and thank you everyone else for listening in. Um, I appreciate you taking the time, and and have a great day. Uh, from the Be Bullish podcast. Thank you. This recording is intended for financial professionals and institutional investors only. This is not intended for use with the general public. The views expressed in this podcast represent those of the speaker and are subject to change. Nothing presented should be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell any security or follow any investment technique or strategy and does not constitute advice, an advertisement, an invitation, a confirmation, an offer or a solicitation to engage in any investment activity or an offer of any banking or financial service. Throughout this presentation, various securities and companies are referenced. Examples given are for illustrative purposes only and were not chosen based on performance. This is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. All examples herein are for illustrative purposes only, and there can be no assurance that any particular investment objectives will be realized or any investment strategy seeking to achieve such objective will be successful. Past performance is not a reliable indication of future performance. Before acting on any information, you should consider the appropriateness of it with regard to your particular objectives, financial situation and needs, and seek advice. No representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made as to the accuracy or completeness of the information, opinions, and conclusions presented. In preparing this recording, reliance has been placed without independent verification on the accuracy and the completeness of all information available from external sources. Macquarie Asset Management is the marketing name for the Asset Management Division of Macquarie Group. Investment products and advisory services are distributed and offered by and referred through affiliates, which include Delaware Distributors LP, a registered broker-dealer and member of the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, and Macquarie Investment Management Business Trust, a Securities and Exchange Commission registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services are provided by a series of Macquarie Investment Management Business Trusts. Other than Macquarie Bank Limited, none of the entities noted in this podcast are authorized deposit-taking institutions for the purposes of the Banking Act of 1959 from the Commonwealth of Australia. The obligations of these entities do not represent deposits or other liabilities of Macquarie Bank Limited. Macquarie Bank Limited does not guarantee or otherwise provide assurance in respect of the obligations of these entities unless noted otherwise.